And they kind of looked at me and they said the answer was, was alcohol. Tom Caulfield, James Whistle. This is the story of The Tempest 2. So ladies and gentlemen, The Tempest 2. Hello there and welcome back. Hello there. <laughs> Uh, if you're new to this podcast, welcome. Uh, essentially, we talk for no more than 40 minutes because we've got the Zoom free version uh, about all things adventure, uh, mindset, adventure mindset, and we kind of talk through our week uh, and we just have a bit of a laugh, really. Uh, so welcome if you're new, if, you're, you know, if you've been here before, welcome back. Thanks for revisiting. Hopefully you're enjoying. Feel free to share with friends and family, if it's suitable. Ooh, little plug there, like Hit it, early plug. on. Hit the like button and subscribe. <laughs> Somewhere around here is our last five one. Star, five stars on Spotify, help <laughs> us help you. <laughs> but no, welcome, welcome back. How's your week been, mate? Week's been good, I'm in a, it's Friday, I'm in a good, buoyant mood, because... Ooh. Buoyant is good, that's a good word. Buoyant, yeah, it is a good word, and it's a good way to be, you know, it's, it's, my mood is very much dependent on the weather outside uh, right, okay. in the winter. If it's raining, I fucking hate everyone. <laughs> it, you know, it's nice. It's like blue skies. It's freezing cold. So all the mud on the dog walks is frozen. Yeah. A lovely walk this morning as the sun was coming up. It was it was great. So I'm Pablo in his element, was he? Pablo is just just chirping around, sliding around. I was just, yeah, happy. Love it. I like nothing says to like adventure resilient mindset, like having your mood dictated by the weather. I know. It's just like I don't think there's any adventurer in history who's hated rain more than I. <laughs> yeah, and you are a terrible omen for weather as well, usually. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I do have bad luck with it. Maybe that's yeah, maybe that's why. But uh but yeah, no, good week. It's been it's been fun. Good. Had some good work on, but you know. We're just plowing on, aren't we? What about you? We are. Yeah, good good week for me, really. Um, same. Been cold, hasn't it? Van's been working, which has been nice. A good bonus. Fantastic. Um, and I've been, you know, I have got, I've got a little bit of a, a bone to pick. Not with you, just with the general public. Um, and it's around the gym. And it's around January, new, new people, new members. New year, new me, that crowd. Yeah, and I really don't want to seem like a, not like a gym snob. I'm not, you know, I don't really care. But there's been some wild ones this year. It seems like it seems like they're out on a wild more than more than ever before. Just some some examples for you. Um, so I'm a member at, at David Lloyd, so you you get a full spectrum of, you know, of the roster of humanity. So <laughs> earlier in the week we had um, some poor like gym supervisor woman I had to had to tell a man to to go and have a shower because he was clearly he stank he was clearly wearing gym kit that must have been <sighs> about three weeks old and That's I felt so I felt for him I felt for him because it was obvious there was a good you know three meter radius around him uh, and those that stepped into it put the t-shirts over the face no it, it was quite it was quite bad I think people were trying to make it obvious that it was him, uh, but yeah, I mean, luckily that the gym kind of let him know. But I felt very, very sorry for him. Um, so that's how one can, guy. How can you be? I, I don't understand how you could be so unaware. 
to not realize that you absolutely stink. That's like <laughs> worst nightmare situation, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. I, I I was trying to think of like what maybe was going through his head. And I'm a big fan of removing decisions, you know, making your kit selection easy. But that doesn't mean wearing the same thing every time. Is that why, is that why you've got everything you've ever owned uh, just in your car at all times? Yeah, just constantly convenient, but washed. But yeah, that that is why I wear the same t-shirts for 15 years. <laughs> Remove support, the decision. Support local. <laughs> Always. Yeah, support David Lloyd local. Um, so that's one thing. You know, we, I've seen a must have been north of 70 year old man doing hip thrusts on the hamstring curl machine, <laughs> which is almost <laughs> impressive. It's so rogue. Just getting ready for some absolute action. And his hands are on his head and he's there. Just... just pumping away. And just, I'm just thinking, how's Barbara going to be at home later oh, on? Barbara, Barbara's going to be on a Zimmer frame by Sunday <laughs> night. <laughs> oh, we're rolling. And then, um, and then finally, you just get the, the the sauna, the people just coming in and just leaving the door open. That just seems like 101. That's just absolutely insane, isn't it? And it's, I was thinking, I really overthought this clearly, um, but it does, it's that kind of both thing, you know, people hate, going to gyms when they're new because they feel like they get a bad vibe but and now i'm starting to think you, you're getting a bad vibe for a reason if you go into a sauna and you leave the door open people are going to look at you or like give you a bit of a bad energy <laughs> and then that person doesn't want to go in the sauna again but i think your sauna is particularly you always you always come back from the gym with some stories that i've never experienced like you're like oh yeah <laughs> chatting to some bloke in the sauna about this and that he's a life coach and this and that i'm like who the fuck are you talking to in the sort of like it's the chattiest sauna in the uk yeah it, it's a i do i do probably sauna four times a week so there's a lot of opportunity for that but it, it's a hive of activity uh and it's interesting the different times a day that you could go as a different people you'll meet if you go at 7 a.m you're not getting a peep out of anyone really no one no one's saying anything if you are unlucky enough to go at 7 p.m. or just straight after work, you got your recruiters, your estate agents in there, <laughs> all talking about the new car that they're going to buy. It's it's a wild place. Um, maybe the next yeah. one will be recorded in that sauna. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm lucky. I, I used to be a David Lloyd. I love, do love David Lloyd, but I would actively avoid peak times. Just I can't stand like busy gyms and changing yeah. rooms and saunas and pools. Luckily, my gym now is practically empty the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> just um, Harry Styles in there. <laughs> yeah, just Harry and just a couple of other famous friends. But that's basically it. But yeah, I like but you, it. But yeah. you have, you have, you have been hit in the gym. Um, and as a friend, I'm, I'm alarmed. You have, <laughs> alarmed you, at what? You have been losing weight at quite the pace. See, that's that's like the the worst thing. It's like I was hoping you were going to say you're alarmed because I'm getting so massive. <laughs> now you're, yeah, I've. For the first time in years, like you know, my track record of I, I just get injured within a couple of weeks of any kind of like physical strength exercise, and uh, I haven't really been going to the gym solidly for probably like two years now. Um, and you know, the last couple of months I, I kind of have been and I've taken it slow so I don't injure myself, but I, I'm on this, I'm not on a diet, basically, you know, Manny is on this diet, getting ready for the wedding, or, you know, classic like what it, girls yeah. do. So I've been kind of dragged into that sphere of, you know, there's no crisps in the house. There's no snacking, <laughs> you know, we're, we're cutting down on drinking. There's no, well, she's not drinking for January. I don't believe in that. But 
I've lost like four kilos in like two weeks. That's that's what I mean. That's alarming. That's quite a lot, isn't it? Are you diabetic? I might be. I need to. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not eating enough, am I? Four kilo. That's a, That's rapid. I mean, you look good for it. Absolutely. Thank but, you very much. But yeah, yeah I, feel, it's, uh... I feel buoyant. <laughs> but just don't don't keep going on the same trajectory. In another couple of weeks, you be, you'll be wasting away. Just just a streak of piss. It's just um, like yeah. But saying that, I I've always been able to lose and gain weight exceptionally fast. Yeah. Um, Is it just the Christmas weight that's fell back off? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's just the turkeys falling out the jumper. That's probably it. So yeah, there we go. Good stuff. Good week though. Good week. Well, as. As promised at the beginning of the pod, we are going to talk about some sort of adventure mm-hmm. and go on to the uh, adventure mindset segment of the podcast. And we'll just start with something that I saw um, the other day, and it's a little bit close to home. You know, it's a little bit ocean rower. Uh, and I apologize Ooh, for that. Ocean rowing. I know. Like, and it's like, let's talk about that for an hour. <laughs> it's like, it's not who we are. It's all we are. <laughs> <laughs> It's all I, we've got. Oh, so you guys rode the Atlantic. When was that? Uh, that was five years ago. So, <laughs> oh, you're still you're still going on about that. So we yeah, and we will forever. We're like yeah, Roger so. Black. Roger Black came second in the Olympics, and he still goes on about it. Yeah, but it's a great story. <laughs> yeah, it will bring tears to your eyes. Oh, I'd love to have a chat with him. Um, but this guy is a, is a genuine legit ocean rower, and he is <sighs> an, an Icelandic bloke. Bloke. Icelandic man called Fian Paul. Sounds Irish to me, but um, he's Icelandic. Uh, six foot five, hunk, oh, nutter. Got everything going for him. Total, you know, rigged up, complexion of an absolute goddess. I'm looking um, at a picture of him now. Oh, my rig. Yeah. No, he's on, he's on the gear, I'm afraid. That yeah, that's count. lighting and makeup, that is. It must be. <laughs> um, but... So, it, you know, have a little look look out for him. Have a little Google for him. Fian Paul. He's got 14 world records when it comes to ocean rowing. I didn't know there were 14 yeah. world records. So I think he's making them up. It's like the first um, person to row the Atlantic with a dildo on his head or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's, so, that's, a, that's a record worth having. Like, no, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody right, okay, go on. That one. Go on. Um, <laughs> Yeah, things like the youngest person. Right, listen to this one. He was the youngest person to row four oceans, mm. and he was 35 when he did that. We could have had that record. Oh, for 35? We did it when we were 25. Yeah. We did one when we were 25, but yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. But yeah, if we had done, there. Yeah, one a year, one every two years, exactly. So, you know, he, he's got that. I've got that in my notes. We would have beat that piece of piss, whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, you know, fair play to him. That's yeah. still a commitment to, to rowing oceans. I think he's done all the major seven oceans now. Well, he has. I, I know that. Um, and yeah. next, he is rowing the Southern Ocean and the Scotia Sea in something called the Shackleton Mission, which is basically it's like this passage of ocean that is only only when it defrosts for like two months a year is it you know doable so he's doing that with a crew um and that's awesome fair play to him again mm. it sounds like i'm hammering him i'm not he's a nutter but the thing that i find strange is that he's called this his last adventure and you just i just think that's red flags you don't do that 
Sounds just, ominous. Sounds like he's yeah, going to perish. There's a lot of like superstition in that. In you know, in, in golf, maybe not golf, in, but in like snowboarding, skiing. There's a cla- There's loads of stories of like pros who go right. This is the last run before mm. I do this. Is the last time I do this before I get even like before I leave to go on this trip, where bad things happen. So uh, even if you're thinking it, Fian, just keep it to yourself. Just keep it tucked up, and then make yeah. the call afterwards. Um, so it seems seems bold, but good luck to him. Good luck to the team. Uh, the co-captain is a guy that we helped out before he rode the Atlantic last time um, with a bit of advice, a guy called Mike. So fingers crossed for those guys. Uh, but another good example of a nutter. To keep doing it is something, isn't it? Like we finished and it was like never, ever getting back in a boat like that again. Like what's the point? Yeah, exactly. It was like, right, what, so... what, what, what something new can we do? I definitely wouldn't want to get back in think, there. Like what? On that, you know, they're doing the Shackleton passage and stuff like that. Like, it's mental. But when you compare it to, you know, Shackleton, for example, and I watched a, a documentary on Ranulph Fiennes on the on a plane recently. Legend. Which I thought when I started watching it, I was like, this is probably gonna be a bit shit. Oh my god, it was so good. Yeah. And yeah. why it was good was it went through all of his obviously adventures and stuff, and yeah, and he's done some mad shit, like absolute genuine explorer. Rather than us, you know, modern day adventurer, blah, blah, blah. Genuine like explorer left, not really knowing when he's coming back, if he's coming back, where he's going. Yeah. Like mad stuff. And um, what struck me more than anything was, you know, we over the last five, six years have made money, you know, by speaking at companies on stage at events. That is how we've paid the bills. Yeah. And, you know, we're pretty new to it. You know, we've done one thing for the majority of that and then have built up a bit of a resume. But, you know, Ranulph Finds is probably the most established British explorer of all time. So this documentary is following him around and he calls them lectures. He doesn't give talks. He gives lectures. And um, but like he'll drive 19 hours to this lecture. He'll sleep in the car in the car park come out it'll have like a you know a shirt hung up on a coat hanger be getting dressed in the car park like the client's like who the fuck's that old dude like <laughs> naked in the car park and it's like that's Ranulph Fiennes it's like what like the guy is just so old school it's yeah. mad compared to us it's like we won't fly anywhere unless it's business <laughs> <laughs> over oh. six hours it has to be business <laughs> I mean yeah uh, that's just him it's just in his blood isn't it yeah, I, don't get I, me wrong. I think it's moronic, stupid. Stay in a lovely hotel; they'll pay for yeah. it. But he's just built like that. He's XSAS. He's just, you know, it's just wired in that way. I almost certainly would deliver a terrible keynote if I was sleeping in my car the night before. Especially when you got a van. That if it got down there, you yeah. should be sleeping in your van before <laughs> keynotes, and we should be saving some cash on accommodation. <laughs> yeah, no, but that is. Uh... That's rogue from him. You've got like so, him, you know, Ran Fines, obviously yeah. Nutter. Uh, it's like my dad's favorite adventurer, you know, from back yeah, in the day. I was it. given his book when I was like 14, never read it, but you know, <laughs> enough. You're just reading, you're just reading Jade Goody's biography or something. <laughs> so I'm just going to tuck into this. RIP. Um, and, you know, you got him, but he had that military special forces background, right? Mm. The modern version of that is your Aunt Middleton. As as in bollocks, spe- yeah. Spe- special forces background, you know, same same route. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but very very different. He's actually been in the news recently Mate, as well. Let me pull up this this. So funny you say that. This had me in tears. So Aunt Middleton, 
everyone must know is, you know, SAS, who dares wins instructor. Right. Before we say anything bad, fair play. He has maximized that role beyond belief. Oh, yeah. He speaks all around. He, he's made a fortune. Like and five, and books. a legit, like, officer, oh, like, yeah. in the forces. No yeah. doubt a hard bastard. Oh, God, yeah. But I feel he is everything that is wrong with kind of the the world that we're in. It is just the most cringy, like, <laughs> fuck it, do hard shit, be a hard bastard. And But, like, you look at his Instagram, people love it oh yeah yeah and like more about you know everyone needs to be more like you it's like no they fucking don't but this <laughs> this video popped up listen to this the video is called ant middleton is actually david brent listen to this this is after a keynote he gave to the norwich football club first team who we also spoke to listen to this it's coming into play with that worry brother i've got you i mean sir i'll lift that up for you the first team they love the war stories uh no but they can relate to it, you know, they sort of talk to me about teamwork and they say, and you're at the most elite level, life or death. And I'm like, listen, you're at the most elite level of what you do. You know, it's not life or death, but it's it's win or no win. And it's, you know, relegation or promotion. Okay. I, can't, I honestly can't. I can't deal with that. That is <laughs> unbelievably good. If you could see his face, it is literally like it's a clip from The Office. He must know. He must be doing it on purpose. No, but he doesn't. That's the, be- <laughs> that's the beauty of it. He's had to go live in Australia because he... Oh, my God. Anyway. yeah, he that's a, that's a, It reminds me of... Remember when uh, COVID was all kicking off and he was like, oh, yeah. am I still hugging people at the airport? Yes. <laughs> Am I still shaking hands with fans? Yes. It's like, yes. shut up. Oh, my God. He fucking, oh, I'm, yeah, it was about time that he fucking fell from that pedestal because it is remarkable, the garbage. Yeah, it's Fair play shows, him, it shows the spectrum, though, of, like, the adventure mindset and, like, what people are like we'll take from different things like you said there's a huge amount of people that yeah. love that and will lap that up uh and yeah. fair play to them that is uh... well, I th- we are the i think the polar opposite of our yeah. middle in in financially as well so <laughs> i'm sure he doesn't give an absolute shit what we yeah. say but yeah very fair true. play but he's just taking the tax man to the cleaners by all accounts so uh you know just living that adventurous life also oh. financially yeah fair play to him um, another th- quick thing on the adventure stuff with speaking about uh, that row in like in the Antarctic and stuff like that. Have you seen, uh, this is probably the coolest adventure mindset thing I've ever seen. So Lewis Hamilton and Sean White, Sean White being, you know, the greatest snowboarder of all time uh, are down in Antarctica at the moment. They hired a super yacht that was uh, built by Paul Allen, one of the co-founders of Microsoft. It cost over $200 million to build. They've hired it and they've just gone snowboarding in Antarctica off this super yacht. So they're literally like snowboarding amongst penguins and stuff like that. It's just so legit. It's mad. But whilst living on one of the nicest possible super yachts you could ever hire. That is a genius. Genius. That's just just a partnership you would never expect. No, so random, isn't it? Just like one of the greatest racing drivers ever and the best snowboarder probably ever. Yeah just coming together for some probably mental parties, some snowboarding in the middle of nowhere and with unlimited cash. That's a strange combination. People are like, you know, money doesn't buy you happiness. It's like, no, you're right. It doesn't, but it does buy you a fucking super yacht to go snowboard in Antarctica. I'd be pretty happy doing that. Yeah, that's, that's bonkers. Fair play to them. I got so much time for that. 
Well done, Lewis. <sighs> God, it's a bit of a come down from that. So that <laughs> now we're going to move on to the, the bucket list adventure segment where we ask people um, on our Instagram what what they want to do, what's something they've always wanted to do, or what's on their bucket list for adventures. Um, I will say we haven't had anything that uh, extravagant yet when yeah, it comes why to... Not? Uh, People need to up their game. Yeah, seriously. Um, that's a very good point. And we got all, you know, all sorts of all sorts of responses. We've had a big trek down in, in Patagonia. Uh, but what's the one we're going to select this week? So, yeah, there were a few rogue ones. Uh, I won't say who said they wanted to sleep with a MILF. I mean, yeah, that's a Good thing on the bucket list. Um, yeah, Stagdu wow. in Vegas was one of them. Yeah, that's, that's that, that requires a strong mindset. <laughs> yeah, that does fuck me and a bank account. Um, I think the one we want to focus on because it was actually a little bit different to there were quite a few about adventures and travel and stuff. But one was more about uh, I can't see what it said. Oh, yeah, it's like have worked in a corporate for fifteen years. Want to start my own business this year might be the year. Right, that is something we can relate to. You know, because when we started the Tempest 2, we got back from the row, went back to our jobs and just pulled the plug and went full time, really with nothing, nothing in the bank, no idea of how we were going to make money. And uh, one thing I'd say to, I can't remember the name of that person, fuck, just do it. Go on, do it. Yeah. Start, leave your job, start the business. Yeah. Like, just, just actually do it. Like, that. that stuff is... That excites me when people say that, like, because, yeah, might go wrong six months time just get another job. It's... Yeah, there's a there's a lot of questions, isn't there, that come off. That's quite a broad statement, like want to start my own business. But it sounds like they've been thinking about it for a while. Mm. And you'd hope that, you know, when if you've been thinking about it for a while, you kind of explored it. You see the opportunity, like you see your way into that and you're you're like making the leap with a bit of an understanding of like maybe what you're going to spend your time doing, where your first check might come from, um, which is kind of the opposite to us. You know, we, when I look back about when we left our jobs, it was a wild leap into a pot of zero money and just hoping that, you know, backing ourselves that, that we'd make something work. And it didn't come from where we expected the money to come from, like by any stretch. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, that And that's like what the whole the whole thing is about really it's like kind of taking that that leap of faith like and asking yourself the question like you know what's the worst that can happen and, and what if i don't do it chances are you'd be 15 years down the line and still thinking about that same business that is my side. that's the way to look at it isn't it it's not like what the risk is now you know this person wants to start their own business they've probably thought about it but don't think about the next six months think about in 10 years time when you're sat there and you look back and said, fuck, I wish I'd started that business. Like, yeah. What could have been? That is the worst thing that you can possibly feel like. What if? Why didn't I? Like, Exactly. Yeah, take the risk. Just do it. I think that that's quite a good question to ask yourself is, is what scares you more? Is it the thought of, you know, the uncertainty early on and leaving your job and having to hustle to like make, you know, make mortgage payments or make it happen or whatever? Or is it scarier to be 10, 15 years down the line and still be in that same job? If the second one is the answer, then you you got to leave your job. you got to go for whatever it is that you want to do. Otherwise, you just you just live in a life of regret, aren't you? Yeah. You're one of those, then, you're one of those pension counters. There's no good time to do it either. 
No, yeah, there's never sure. going to be a point where it's like, oh, actually, you know, I've got a pipeline of more than I make my making now. Like that doesn't happen. There's going to be a period where you're shitting your pants. Yeah, where you don't know where the money's coming from, where you know you you're fucking having to beg, borrow, and steal to make payments. But that's I think part of the process, and what that's exactly stops... why you do it as well. Yeah, it's what stops everyone from doing it. Yeah, what separates? Uh, yeah, separates people. Oh, I'd like. Yeah, I'm gonna keep an eye on that one. I think. But yeah, I think they do it. We should uh, get them on. To talk that's a good, but, but that's a good one. Yeah, that's a, a good. Um, it's definitely an adventure as well. I mean, a, yeah, albeit a different sense, but it's as much as an adventure as running a marathon or you know crossing an ocean, whatever it is. Um, it's very challenging. So good luck. Mm. Hopefully you do it and keep in touch. Um, awesome. On to the next segment where we fly through our camera roll. Um, I did last week's. Uh, segment where I spoke about Stockholm and uh, rushing for that flight, absolutely steaming. This week, over to you, Tom. And what was uh, what was pulled up out of the camera roll this time? So actually, Apple delivered this on a plate for me. You know, when you go into your photos and it gives you those little montages. This yeah, yeah. was the first thing I saw, oh, yeah. uh, and it was essentially the final part of our run in our patagonia adventure so for those that don't know a few years ago we did a huge adventure in patagonia which was a 1600k bike ride straight into a 75k ultra run through the mountains uh that was kind of going to be a a record and then a 100k paddleboard straight after that absolutely brutal if you want to hear more about it there's a previous episode but what i want to focus in on there's a couple of these things that popped up were it was basically the state we were in for the final 20 kilometers of that 75k run and we were doing the wemmel circuit which is you know one of the famous circuits in patagonia as you said earlier someone put as their bucket list that torres del pine that's like the main one in patagonia the wemmel is probably number two but very much renowned as being hard you know i, I just looked before this at a uh, you know a tourist provider it's like a five six day trek now um and we did it in 17 hours and the first half of it, you know, you go up, you go up this this glacier, you go over onto the Patagonian ice field. Still to this day, one of the most breathtaking environments, you know, we've ever been in. It was unbelievable. No one around. We were the only people for miles. But on the descent, things got pretty bad for us. You know, we got down to the lake. We had 20K back to El Chao 10. And that I think is is one of the worst situations we've been in, in terms of like, we were fully broken. I've never seen us in that state, both mentally and physically. You know, yeah. some of these photos that were popping up were our feet the day after the bliss, like the entire sole of our foot was just a blister. Yeah. And it was just, it was looking back on it now, you could laugh about it at the time. It was, uh, it was horrendous, wasn't it? Oh my God. It's, um, for those that cycle and run, it it was a bonk, but of like ridiculous proportions. The, the most ridiculous bonk of all time. You know, to, to put it in perspective, obviously, I uh, so I ran Amsterdam Marathon towards the end of last year, and I bonked big time, and it was maybe a tenth of what Patagonia was. Not you know, not even close. And I was actually thinking about Patagonia as I was walking through the streets of Amsterdam going yeah, it could be so much worse and looking back it was a it was a mental mental run you know we didn't we didn't even know where we we're going we'd, we'd not had any time to recce the route it was three o'clock in the morning it was pitch black we literally just took off 
And the most insane thing, which I think about now that we just didn't know at the time, is we didn't take anywhere near enough food. <laughs> There's a picture of you eating the one baguette that we took. <laughs> this baguette is the size of a leg. Yeah. And just you, like trying to get your mouth around this baguette. That's all we took. We just got, took a, like a baguette. One, we took one, one baguette each for what was we were trying to break a record, which we did over 75 kilometers and this mounted one baguette and two tribe bars each and a soft flask that we would fill up with water when we got to a water source that is and now it's like i wonder why we bonked it's like of course no brainer it's pretty it's so so stupid but we were so concerned about weight we had those tiny little like running packs on yeah Uh, we you know we wore trail shoes to run up a glacier yeah it was everything was about just trying to be quick and i think we probably um underestimated the necessity of food and fuel over weight because we didn't have a bivy we didn't have a you know we weren't stopping we we didn't have the equipment to stay out there and even thinking about that now you know if the weather had turned we would have been really fucked yeah well where we where we ate that baguette um that was the the only point that we could have stopped there was a little tiny hut that oh, we yeah, yeah, yeah. could have both squeezed into um but the yeah the mad thing about that is it was halfway and you know the the weather changes in patagonia in about five minutes and we had you know we did have waterproofs and stuff but we were not equipped for a change in weather and the day afterwards you know that change of weather kind of happened and we were thinking we'd be fucked if we were yeah. if we were on the circuit at that point i'll put a link in the uh in like the notes on Spotify, so you can check out um, the route because it, it it was amazing. But yeah, I mean, some of the thoughts going through our head and the conversations at that time. I remember, luckily, we were kind of going through like troughs, like at separate times, and helping each other through those you know very dark, deep like issues of. We were like, you know, I just want to. I remember saying, let's just let's just sleep here. Yeah on the side yeah. of the road like next to a drain we were drinking out of the drain because we'd obviously ran out of water um that's how dire it was getting and you, you you know to your credit at that point we're like no that's mental we've got to keep moving and then half an hour later you were ready to call it a day trying to phone someone from a road sign <laughs> yeah, yeah. Properly, <laughs> that you thought was an emergency phone properly that was the first i think the first and only time properly i've like hallucinated from tiredness and exhaustion <laughs> never had that before. non-drugs <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah and i think you know the scary thing about that you look back at that and i i do this now and again and it comes from i've started trying to be more regular with this is if you just do flick back through your photos you forget so much shit that you've done yeah like at the end of last year you know we were speaking about you know we're doing a bit of planning for this year and i was like i haven't really done anything this year and i went through the photos and i was like well, yeah i have you just forget yeah it's like quite a good exercise to do just to remind yourself of some like funny times but the, the moments like patagonia is one that last 20k so we finished that circuit in 17 hours and we're like get in we've done it but what we hadn't anticipated was the finish line was was nowhere near the town we were staying it's another 20 25k to el chauten and we'd blown ourselves out and we stupidly thought oh, that maybe we'll be able to get a cab. You know, this is literally one of the most remote places on the planet. So we then were like, oh my God, we've done it. But we now need to walk another 20K. And that's where things got bad. Like, because it started snowing, the weather dropped. 
And like that last 20k was just, I've never seen anything like it. You know, it could have been pretty bad. And that's when I was pressing that GPS thing, wasn't it? The SOS. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We, we had that device, the spot device that, you know, is labeled as anywhere you are on the planet. If you press this red button, someone will come and get you. We've paid a lot of money for it. And it was like, fuck it, I'm pressing it. Like It was that bad. I am pressing this button. Pressed it, nothing. Pressed it, nothing. Pressed it 10 times, nothing. And it was like, it hasn't got any signal. Like, how has this thing not got signal? And then six hours later, six hours to do 20K, by the way, is mad. We got back to the hostel, slept on the porch, eventually got let in. And then the day after, the army turned up, didn't they? Being yeah. like, we've been like, we're about to put a fucking helicopter out to try and look for you. Like, then they found out we were there. Um, it just got a signal when we got back to the town. Yeah, it? it just pinged and it had 10 SOS messages pinged out to their headquarters in Seattle or somewhere. Just, it's just insane. Like when you look back on stuff like that, how just naive and like oh, totally think about it. Totally. And also, like I remember thinking we were like arming and ahhing about whether we push that button or not. Mm. And we got to the point. Firstly, we, no food left. You know, we had no water. We were twenty k from the town, and we decided our decision making process was: yeah, we pay a lot of money for this. We'll push it you know, the local policeman will come and pick us up or something uh, and take us back. And we're kind of in a state now where I think we've justified that. You know, it's kind of dangerous. Um, we're just about to stroll down this road or whatever. Uh, and then it, it didn't happen. Like, obviously it didn't happen. It didn't get any signal. But just remember how quickly we just went, oh, fuck's sake, put it in the bag and just forgot all about it and just started walking about. When we woke up the next day, we'd obviously completely forgotten we'd ever pushed that button. Yeah. We obviously still made it back somehow. And um, yeah, and only when, you know, the guys rushed in in the morning to look for us and we were in bed where we were supposed to be. <laughs> um, We were like, oh shit, yeah, of course. Well, the that. worst thing about all of that was obviously when I pressed that SOS button, it went to, when it got signal, it got pinged to Seattle. And I stupidly, when I was filling out all the forms for that that device, put our kind of point of contact as Manny. So 4 a.m., Manny's yes, in man. bed in our flat in London. She gets the call from Seattle. Hello, hello. Hi there. Uh, this is so-and-so from Spot Emergency Services. Just to let you know, Mr. Caulfield and Will are lost in Patagonia. <laughs> and she's obviously like, oh, oh my fucking God, they're dead. <laughs> have you found them no we don't know where they are we've alerted the local army they're gonna go and try and search for them in the mountains holy shit like the bollocking i got <laughs> meanwhile we've just necked a can of phantom orange yeah, and we're yeah. asleep in bed <laughs> yeah absolutely like i remember waking up and you're like oh that's manny called me a hundred times yeah it's like leave me alone i'm a champion <laughs> <laughs> i'm an adventurer i'm busy <laughs> And then five yeah. minutes later, it's like, so sorry, darling. <laughs> yeah, I do love you. I must apologize for that. <laughs> I'm absolutely fine, albeit a little tired. Yeah. And then, what, about 10 hours after waking up, we had to go get on paddle boards for, for yeah. two and a half days. I do remember I've got a video on my phone of in between going to the river and like waking up from that sleep, we hobbled about 150 meters to this incredible steakhouse. Oh, yeah. And we just ate these massive steaks. Literally, like such simple humans, <laughs> walk back, packed our bags, inflated the paddle boards, and then we were off. Ridiculous. Yeah. At the great. time, it felt relatively normal, which is bizarre. Great stories, though, aren't they? 
Yeah, great top to, stories. We we need the next one. We need the next one on the horizon, but we are working on it. Yeah, we I are know. working on it. Yeah, love it. Exciting. All right, guys. Well, a uh, another absolute barn burner of a podcast. Uh, thanks for making it this far. Uh, the consistency remains. Might change the name of this podcast to the Consistency Boys. And um, boys, <laughs> three weeks in, I think we've earned that title. But thanks again for listening. Um, bucket list ideas, bucket list adventure ideas. Send them over to us. Yeah, give us some big ones. Fucking yeah, enough of this menial shit that you can actually go and do in, in the summer. Some big yeah. stuff. Let's go. Yeah, throw the wallets away. There's no, uh, there's no limits, monetary limits on this. We're going big. So let us know. And um, yeah, hope you have a good, good week, good weekends. In the meantime, yeah, take it easy. See you later, guys. Right. Ciao, ciao.